And so if you can go into someone's genetic code using CRISPR technology and you can remove that gene, then you have a compliant population. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. That was Laura Logan, former 60 Minutes correspondent and absolute truth teller. Friends, if you don't know who Laura is, I guarantee you by the end of this interview, she's going to be one of your favorites. And I know many of you already know who she is. So stay tuned. This is part one of a blockbuster two-part interview with the one and only Laura Logan. Thanks so much for tuning in, friends. Before we start, just a quick word about our sponsor. Noble Gold Investments wants to let you know that gold was the best investment class for 2022. Now, of course, past performance is no guarantee of future results, so do your own due diligence. According to longtermtrends.net, gold actually outperformed the S&P, the Dow, and Bitcoin in 2022. So what are you waiting for? Open a gold IRA or silver IRA with Noble Gold Investments this month and receive a free one quarter ounce American Gold Eagle coin with every qualified IRA of $50,000 or more. You can't go wrong with Noble Gold Investments and their thousands of five star reviews. Just visit noblegoldinvestments.com. Hey friends, Sean from SGT Report here. Thank you so very, very much for tuning in. Guys, I have a special treat for you today. One of my heroes, somebody who really sets the bar high in being a truth teller. It's investigative journalist Laura Logan. Here's her Twitter account here. Nobody owns me. Not a fan of tyranny. We have that much in common, I'll tell you. Laura, been a huge fan of you. And really, honestly, you're an inspiration to so many of us in the truth media. Thanks for coming on. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, too. Well, thank you. And uh, I want to do another screen share here because the other thanks that you are owed by all of us is thank you so much for standing up for the children. This tweet from February 4th, 2011 from the great Andrew Breitbart. By the way, his Twitter description, mild-mannered family guy, husky male model, (laughs) likes to throw objects funnier than Olbermann. Boy, did that age well. Keith Olbermann, is there a bigger vermin? I don't know. I call him a traitor, but uh, that aside, how prog guru, progressive guru John Podesta isn't household name as world-class underage sex slave op cover-upper defending unspeakable drags escapes me. That was John Podesta long before the Seth Rich WikiLeaks emails came out. I say that. I don't know if Laura agrees with me, but I believe the leaker was Seth Rich. And uh, those emails... The Clinton Podesta emails really led us to ask a lot of questions, and Laura Logan is right there defending our children. And by the way, guys, that's cost her so much. She used to be a regular on CBS News, Fox News, and Newsmax. And the other thing we have in common, Laura, is you've been targeted by Media Matters for America, just like me. Congrats. Yeah, you talk about varmint. (laughs) That's Media Matters for America to me. They are the cockroaches of the earth. Aren't they, though? Aren't mm-hmm. they, though? The worst part is, for me, is when I see people like the New York Times and others, you know, they get, uh, they just perpetuate the lie. They promote themselves as a liberal media watchdog, and they're so interested in truth and media. They're just a propaganda, you know, assassination team. And they are responsible for so much of cancel culture. They're not the only ones. There's other, you know, disgusting organizations like the Lincoln Project and so on. And, you know, they've got all the money in the world. They've come after me time and time again. They'll attack me again and again. And the only thing that's left standing that they're, that they are desperately trying to prop up because it's another big lie is this idea that I'm uh, some kind of right, right wing crazy person. But what I find so enlightening about it is 
I say things um, that I just know to be factually correct and relevant, and they go nuts. And their their craziness road is a roadmap to me to what they're most afraid of. So, for example, when I when I mentioned that Darwin was paid by the Rothschild to create a system of social, you know, to create Darwinism, and that the same people at the same address in London hired um, uh, Marx, Karl Marx, to create a system of social control, which was socialism, they go absolutely insane. And I, I, you know, I'm not trying to be controversial. We were talking about it in a historical context, and it was extremely relevant. So what I'm, you know, when I see them go nuts over that, then it gets me to dig a little bit deeper. And then I see, oh, right, they don't want you to think of socialism as a system of social control, because socialism is supposed to be all about making the world a better place. And these things just reinforce what is right in front of our faces, which is that socialism is designed to control the left, just the same way that fascism is designed to control the right. And these distinctions, even between left and right, are two sides of the same coin. They come from the same place. They're paid for by the same people. And uh, they're controlled by the same people. And they benefit the same people. So then you're not shocked when you find out that Friends of Democracy and Alex Soros are funding not just Antifa, but the Proud Boys, right? And you find uh, and you see this uh, in their history and when you follow the money. And they don't want you to talk about any of that because they want us all believing. They want all the, these little stooges and, and puppets in Antifa who are running around and risking their lives. And they're the ones, you know, whose lives are going nowhere because how do they control Antifa? Well, you know, at certain levels, there are different levels of Antifa, but at the bottom levels, it's narcotics. It's the same way that they're trying to control our children. You have all know Harari, the absolute insane psychotic lunatic um, who is advising Bill Gates and uh, developing this technology, this guy that Obama promoted when he wrote the book Sapiens and how he said that was the book of the year, you know, and it was the book that everyone should read. And these people, these people are insane. And what they do and say is insane. But when you report on it, when you question it, when you uh, when you raise it, you're cast as the insane one. And that's a tactic in information warfare called projection, right? You're projecting onto your adversary, your perceived adversary, your own behavior. So I, I really don't worry about what they say about me. But what I do, what does bother me is that people like Media Matters for America, who are proponents of this and cause so much damage to people who don't deserve it, that they get to do it with impunity. Why is that? I think what every American wants for 2023 is accountability. That's all we want, accountability and the whole truth. Well, that's right. And it feels like the Republic is hanging by a thread. We're going to talk about the uh, circus for the Speaker of the House in a second. But you said something really interesting. I didn't know this. And if I knew it, I've forgotten it. Rothschild funded and backed Darwin. Well, Lynn DeFoster Rothschild funded and backed Hillary Clinton. So mm-hmm. let's just leave that for the audience to think about. By the way, as we yeah, talk about... Yeah, and they're about- going to go nuts when they hear me talking about that, right? They just, they don't like you to talk about it. But go to the history of, you know, Downing Street. Go to the history of the Dutch East India Company. Go to the history of the Rothschilds and take a look at what they've been involved in and, and, and look at where Marx, who paid Marx, you know, who hired him and, and trace back the origins. Don't take my word for it. You never have to take my word for it. No, that's true. And it's the real history that's being covered up and frankly, book burned by Google. 
I don't Correct. know if you've noticed it. I'm sure you have. I have to use Bing or God knows any other search engine other than Google because Google is now a tool of the deep state. All of the real information has been scrubbed, Laura. Or, do, or Google is the deep state right. rather than a tool of the deep state, right? Because we have this idea in our heads that these things are separate. And there's a, um, there's a, a, there's a spectacular young man. His name is Jacob Applebaum. And he was a darling of the left. He is a leftist um, at, his, at his very core. He was one of the pillars of WikiLeaks. He was critical to WikiLeaks because he was a, a developer of Tor, the privacy software that allowed WikiLeaks to move information securely, right? And Jacob Applebaum was celebrated by everyone across the left, whether it's the newspapers or, you know, the Guardian, all these, all these people on the left. He was the darling of that. But Jacob Applebaum, Applebaum is a is someone who is he has real integrity and he has real principles. And so even if you look at the world the, differently or from different angles, what Jacob Applebaum did is he always stood up for those principles. So when all of his allies and and colleagues and friends and his whole his his team, his brotherhood, right, on the left, when when they started to betray WikiLeaks and betray Julian Assange, he spoke up. So even when he was out there getting awards and being honored by them, he called them out. And Jacob Applebaum told me years ago in an interview I did for my show on Fox Nation about Big Tech, Big Brother. He said, why do you keep thinking that there's this line between the deep state and big government and big tech? He said, I I was at an event where uh, Eric Schmidt, one of the founders of Google, was standing there talking about terrorists and how we can take these people out. And he didn't make that distinction. They don't even make it. And I know we're going to talk about transhumanism and AI and so on. Look at look at Ray from Google, right? I, I, with the impossible Polish sounding name. Yeah, Ray um, Kurzweil. Thank you. Ray Kurzweil. Not so hard. But if you look at Ray Kurzweil and what, and what they're involved with there, and you look at the government is the one putting in 5G towers, right? Mm-hmm. The government is the one mandating these things. Um, these are laws that are coming down. So that are benefiting who? Who exactly is it that they're benefiting? These people are one and the same. They are the deep state. Google is the deep state. And it's not just Google, unfortunately. Because when Google censors you online, Verizon and AT&T and all these other companies are censoring you um, on your text messages and on your phones. And then at the same time, social media is, is censoring you. So they work together. Just look at Candace Owens right before the 2020 election. It wasn't just that she was blocked by Facebook and taken off. She, her email lists were blocked. Her text messaging lists were blocked. I know that, right? Because I, re- I spoke to the people who were involved in it at the time who were trying to fight this. And, uh, and this is what they can do to every single one of us. They're all working together. But yet, in spite of that, I'm someone, okay, I don't have a, a, a permanent income. I'm not employed by anybody. And uh, I'm just one person. I don't have a team behind me. I don't have any of that. I just have uh, honest, committed people who, uh, like April, who helps me with so many things. And yet, they can't silence me. They can't yeah. stop me. No, I know. That's and they why never you, will. That's why you're an way, inspiration. Not the last breath in my body. Well, uh, that's what we love about you. And my thanks to April for helping to set this up. And by the way, I did jot this down. You're not going to believe me. I should take a screenshot. But when you <laughs> corrected me about Google being the deep state, I wrote down Google's Eric Schmidt is as evil as Klaus Schwab and Noah Yuval Harari. You are absolutely right. And it's this rush towards transhumanism and a world driven by artificial intelligence, which 
boy, I don't know if we can't wake people up to the dangers of the experimental mRNA jab. I don't know how we're going to wake people up to that, but more on that in a second. Let me do a screen share, guys. By the way, 11 of the 20 holdouts have flipped and now are willing to vote for McCarthy. So you'll own nothing and eat bugs and like it, is this uh, Jesse James tweet. What do you make of the situation right now? Well, so, you know, that's, that statement by Klaus Schwab has bothered me since I first heard it. Um, because, you know, number one, I was already frustrated that um, we have Sonos in our house, right? My husband did this years ago. And then suddenly your Sonos is not working anymore. What you find out is, well, they've done updates and they only give you a grace period of a certain amount of time before you have to replace the entire system, every speaker in your Sonos system, in your house, in every single room. We don't have the money to do that. So now not only uh, am I being forced to upgrade and spend money I don't have, but then they render your own system non-functional, your old system. And so what, and, and then you realize, wait a minute, if I lose my debit card or say, as sometimes has happened to me, I've had no money in my account. Now I can't access any music. Now I can't access anything on Apple TV. Now I can't watch anything. So even if I bought something, Like in the old days, you could go to a store, you could buy a movie and you could watch that. So if I had no money in my account and I wanted to watch old movies all weekend long, I could do that. Or if I just had enough money to buy some food. Right. But now we basically rent everything. So, yes, um, of course, I have uh, a Spotify. And great, I can make a playlist and I can I can only listen to the music I want. And we can overcome all the, the issues of the past where you'd have a whole album and you'd, you know, you'd have to wait for your song or whatever. I'm old enough that I had to do that. But what it means is that we rent everything and we don't own anything anymore. And I am not happy with that. So before I even heard Klaus Schwab, I was annoyed by this whole I realized we've been conned because what were we told all our lives? Don't rent your house, buy it right? Don't rent um, anything because you own nothing at the end of it. It means you have no assets. And basically rentals, we don't control our rentals. You have to have money to keep paying for your rental. And it may not seem like a lot when you subscribe to this for $5.99 and that for $10.99 and this for $15.99. But what about when you don't have money for all these subscriptions and you can't even control these subscriptions? We have Amy you know, family share across Apple. You think I can control everything that everyone signs up to? Well, so when I call Apple to find that out, so Apple, can I go through all of this with you? No, you can't, you know, because now you've got to have each individual advice and each individual account and it becomes, and then of course you have old devices that you have subscriptions on and now you can't access that old device. And sure there's, you know, maybe there's tech savvy people listening to me think, oh, she's ridiculous. But you know what? There's millions of people like me who are not tech savvy and didn't grow up with this and don't know how to do it. And layer after layer after layer with each update, they're making it harder and harder and harder for the person like me who isn't, who doesn't have a clue to figure this out. And it becomes more and more time consuming. So even if it's not, I'm smart and I, you know, it's not that hard. I can figure it out. Well, guess what? I don't have time to figure it out. And what we're increasingly seeing is that, that, Technology is becoming a wall between us and everything in our lives. Because now when my dishwasher breaks, I don't need a repairman. When my you know, car breaks, I don't just need a mechanic. Now I need a, you know, a digital computer specialist. Because what's really going wrong with my dishwasher is that it's supposedly smart technology, which is just uh, a code word for s- surveillance, right? Mm-hmm. Smart is surveillance. 
That's what it is. And people need to get that into their heads. So now what you're talking about is my surveillance device cannot be fixed by a mechanic or someone mechanical only. It has to be fixed by a computer expert. My Wi-Fi in my house, whoever puts that Wi-Fi in my house controls it. So we had a guy put it in who thought we didn't pay our bill. So what did he do? He drove by and he turned it off from the outside and nothing in our house could function anymore. The thermostat didn't work. You know, we couldn't have the, the washing machine didn't work. If I had a smart fridge, which I don't, my fridge wouldn't work. And so, and what this means is right now we have the choice. People make the mistake all the time of looking at the world of technology in terms of what we have now. What are my options now? Well, I don't want an electric car. So I don't care if they, if, you know, if people have electric cars and <clears throat> what, what they forget is that in a few years time, you won't be able to buy a car that isn't electric if these people prevail, if the World Economic Forum and Klaus Schwab prevail. You won't have the choice of buying something or renting it. Your only options will be rental. You won't have the choice of eating meat or eating bugs because they want you to eat bugs. They will be in control of everything and you will have no options. So how does this relate to the premise of your question, which was, what do they mean by this? That you will never have owned less. Okay, so you'll be renting everything because look how happy you are with your Spotify account. But there's something else behind it. There's another layer behind it. You know why you're going to be happy? Because with the technology called CRISPR, which I know you know about, and I probably know a lot less about it than you do, but the technology of CRISPR allows them to hack into your DNA, your genetic code, right? So with, when you're hacking into your genetic code, it, they have the ability now, according to them, to remove lines of your DNA, right? They remove lines of your genetic code. Well, why would they want to do that? Well, they tell you all the good reasons. You know what? You're part of it. You're an Ashkenazi Jew. Mm -hmm. And so you're genetically predisposed to certain um, illnesses. Okay, well, we can remove that. We can fix that. So now you don't have to worry because we're going to do something great for you. It's just the way that Elon Musk is working on technology that will uh, restore with Neuralink and, and they will restore the impulses in your brain so that if you're paralyzed, you will now be able to walk again. These are great things, right? So who wouldn't sign up for that? It's just like your cell phone. It does great things for you. It's so convenient. Why wouldn't you sign up for that? Well, you would. But what they don't tell you about all the time is the dark side. What else does the technology allow them to do and prevent you from doing? Just the way the tobacco companies, they said, smoke cigarettes, it's cool, you're going to feel great, you're going to enjoy it, blah, blah, blah. But they didn't tell you what they already knew, which is that you have a chance of developing cancer and it's highly addictive. Well, that's the same thing with technology. It's designed, and, you know, tobacco grew in the ground as addictive. What's different about the technology is that there is intentional manipulation. The design of the technology is meant to release the same endorphins in your brain that narcotics do and make you addictive, which tells you everything about the intention. I try to always go back to the root of something. And forgive me here because this is a very long answer, but I think it's very simple to come back to the, the heart and soul of it at the end. What does this mean for CRISPR technology? Well, when you can edit someone's genetic code and you can take out lines of code and you can add lines of code, you can do some very significant things. And they all relate to control because surveillance, smart surveillance, it's about controlling you, controlling what you eat, controlling when you eat, controlling the temperature in your home, controlling whether you can, you know, have the, the ability to 
as they do in China to get on a bus or a train or an airplane, right? Depending on their control over you and what they allow you to do. Well, with CRISPR, it has the ability to remove what they call the God gene. And I don't, um, you know, I don't want to uh, write, say it and get it wrong, but I think people know the code of the, of the God gene and the God gene is what is they have discovered is released in you when you're speaking spontaneously or when you're being creative or it is the gene that uh, people that is activated when people rebel against authority. So, well, we know that <clears throat> the problem with tyranny and fascism for the tyrants and the fascists and the dictators is that they can't control you all the time because you have this gene in you. We have this human instinct to rebel against fascism and to fight for our freedom. And so if you can go into someone's genetic code using CRISPR technology and you can remove that gene, then you have a compliant population. So when Klaus Schwab said, you will never have owned less and been happier, he didn't leave room for doubt. He didn't say, and most of you will be happy or you'll be mostly happy or many of you will be happy or you'll be really happy in spite of you know, he didn't. He said it in an absolute term. And the absolute nature of his statement is what really got me thinking about it. It's what really um, haunted me afterwards, because I know I'm not going to be happy with it. Right. I know my ch- children aren't going to be happy with it. I know my husband, who is uh, absolutely lives and breathes freedom in every fiber is, of his body, isn't going to be happy with that. And we're not so stupid that we can't see what you're doing. And we're not the only ones. There's millions like me. In fact, the vast majority of people on the planet are actually like that. So how are you so certain that we will be happy? Well, yes, control is part of the answer, Right. Because we can see how they're moving to control us in many different forms, whether it's censorship and so on and so on. But the real certainty comes from them knowing that they're going to eliminate the God gene. So whether they're able to eliminate that from every person on the planet, you know, uh, who's already alive is one part of that. And when, whether they eliminate that from the people being born, if you're born without it, they don't have to eliminate it. That's another part of that. Now, obviously, some people are just going to die, right? Some people will die off. And thanks to COVID, wow, what a surprise, more people are dying off than ever. And not COVID, just COVID itself, but the response to COVID. And basically, I don't like to call them vaccines because they're not vaccines, right? They don't stop the the transmission of the disease. They don't prevent you from getting it. They don't prevent you from transmitting it to others. So that's what vaccines are. So it's not a vaccine. And... So once you have this mRNA uh, that goes into your DNA, we know that this is the technology that this this puts this quantum dot technology into your body. We know that it's self-replicating now because the university that developed it, that made it self-replicating, has published that. And it self-replicates. It travels into the cortex, um, the quantum cortex in your brain. And then they connect your brain to technology, which they have now, I believe it's Cornell University. Is it Cornell University that's just come out and said that they've managed to connect five human brains using this technology? And once you uh, once you have CRISPR introduced into that, because the CRISPR is also um, <clears throat> introduced into your body through these uh, medications, through this quantum technology, well, CRISPR allows them to edit out that gene and now you're connected and uploaded to the cloud, right? The cloud where 
we all are connected in this internet of things, which is the hive mind. And so they have absolute control. And, uh, and when you look at what they're talking about with cloning, China says it's already cloned the first human being. We don't really have any ability to, to verify what China says. We have limited, very limited ability. Well, once that happens, and once you're cloning people, and when you look at the futuristic way where you can order a child through, a, uh, children are born in pods, they're not born to a mother or a father, that's, and, and, and why is that so important? Well, think about what we're talking about. Look at what we're talking about, right? Transhumanism, transgenderism is about what? Removing the traditional definitions of gender. Nobody can argue with that statement. They don't want the traditional definitions. That's why you're no longer a mother. They don't want you to use the word mother. They don't want you to use the word father. They want, um, they are transplanting. They're doing experiments right now. This is not secret. You can look this up. And they're transplanting a womb into the body of a man, right? They want to blend the lines between male and female. The traditional lines are not allowed to exist anymore. We can't just acknowledge transgenderism. We can't just acknowledge that people are different. We now have to erase the, the traditional form of men and hum- male and human. They want the state to replace the parents. Why? Because that mother-child bond ties you together, right? Through blood and through um, something called your soul and through your spirit. And they don't want us to believe that any of this exists because ultimately, what does that connect us to? It connects us to creation and the creator, which is God. And God is the real enemy here. This is truly a war against God because humanity was created by God. And what I think is so funny is you have all these people that say Adam and Eve in the Bible. This is ridiculous. It's just, Yuval Noah Harari says this is fake news. It's so, isn't it cute and quaint and silly that all of these millions of people all over the planet believe this? You know, imagine how they've been deceived by this ridiculous story. But what is more ridiculous is this idea that the entire planet just created itself. Oh, yeah. <laughs> why, why isn't that idea ridiculous? Because to me, that's the most ridiculous idea of all. I have five Belgian Malinois. We have, they have had puppies. And what I see when I look at these animals is every single one of them has a completely unique personality. Every single, we have five cats. They're all different. How do you create something? If you think about it, every single form of life that has existed, that has been completely and utterly unique. The idea that that is never replicated You know, two human beings born in the same household, raised by the same parents with the same genetics. They're completely unique and different. So there's only, you know, there is a a much bigger explanation for us um, than science that comes back to creation. And yet they want to control creation and humanity in their war against humanity. Transhumanism is a great way of covering up what is a war against humanity and humans? They don't believe in people just like they don't believe in God. But I do. I do believe in people and I do believe in God. And it's so obvious that that is the real enemy. It's really not that hard to break it down. But they've told a lie so big that they, uh, it was Joseph Goebbels who used to say, if you tell a lie big enough, no one will believe it isn't true. And, and since they are using the Nazi playbook, it's appropriate right, to quote Goebbels, because he's right. They've created all of these lies that are so big, nobody wants to believe they aren't true. And they and they use the same tactics over and over again. And like euphemisms to hide their true intent, 
like projecting onto the enemy and so on and so on, projecting their actions. And once you learn to recognize those patterns, they're very simple and anybody can recognize them, but they're counting on breaking your spirit and you losing hope so that you don't have the will to fight them. Because for now, there are still more of us than them. Well, that's right. And you know what? I jotted this down while you were talking. Uh, Friends, if you haven't watched Fritz Lang's 1927 movie, Metropolis, go watch it because they tell you everything that they want to do to society. They want a subterranean slave class. And so what happens when, see, this is so interesting, folks, you should also watch The House of Rothschild, 1934, starring Boris Karloff, and understand the true history of the family and their wealth, because we kind of started with the Rothschilds funding Darwinism, and here we sit in this conversation talking about Darwinism versus creationism. Well, what is Darwinism? It means there's no God, just evolution. And if that's the case, then why not? Why not meddle? in the creation of DNA. Why not change it to remove the God gene? Because they want us to believe that out of the big bang came beauty and order. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous, Laura. So you're hundred percent right. It is a battle for the soul of humanity at this point. Friends, just a real quick break and a word about our sponsor. Gold prices could surge to $4,000 an ounce in 2023 and noble gold investments has the details as recession fears persist. Jorg Keener, chief investment officer of Swiss Asia Capital, said that many economies could face a bit of a recession in the first quarter, which would lead to many central banks slowing their pace of interest rate hikes, making gold instantly more attractive. If 2022 taught us anything at all, it's that tangible assets are the only assets you can count on, like gold. Now, of course, past performance is no guarantee of future results, so do your own due diligence. Thousands of people have started to make a move towards securing their retirement. Join them by opening a gold IRA or silver IRA with Noble Gold Investments. If you get in before the end of this month, you'll get an incredible free quarter ounce American Gold Eagle coin with every qualified IRA of $50,000. Visit noblegoldinvestments.com. It is a battle for the soul of humanity at this point. Yes, because what is the one thing that they can't create in a lab? What is the one thing that when you, you know, I was, try, I was talking to a doctor about this just last week, trying to understand the actual act of creating life. Like, you know, because obviously two people can have sex over and over again and, you, the, and the woman doesn't get pregnant, right? So what is it that that actual moment, you know, is it just scientific? Is it just biological where you actually combine these things and that's why they can replicate it in a lab and they can, uh, they can, take different animals, right? You can take a horse and you can take a zebra and you can clone them and and you can crossbreed them. But what do those crossbreeds, you can create a new species, but what does it not do? It doesn't self-replicate, does it? So it isn't just biological. It isn't just scientific. Um, There's some other component to it. And really the most indefinable component is the human soul. Because the human soul is this thing that, that, defines um, each and every one of us that is part of what makes us, you know, when, when Elon Musk is designing Tesla cars, right? And the, the car has to be programmed. Do you prioritize the safety of the driver over all others? Do you provide, do you prioritize the safety of the passenger over all others? Because we all know that when you're behind the wheel of a car and you get into a bad situation where you're going to have an accident, Right. You may have, you may be in bad weather, the, the car is slipping, and there's a pregnant woman crossing the road pushing a baby in a stroller. If you take certain action, she's going to die or more likely to die or get hurt 
or you are, or the passengers in your car are. So you as a human being have some decisions to make that are that contain an indefinable quality. And that may be a function of where you are in your life. You know, you could be, you could have terminal cancer and, or you could be someone who's had a terrible life that's never meant anything. And now you just want, you want to do one selfless act and you've got nothing to lose. Maybe you see it that way. Maybe you don't. Maybe you're a person who's had a terrible life and you don't care. And you're going to make a decision to plow through that woman with her, a pregnant woman with her baby in a stroller because you're a person who's programmed for survival and your survival instinct is going to overtake everything. Yuval Noah Harari wants you to believe that every single decision we make is a product of uh, data and scientific <clears throat> and probability and that you can predict every decision a person makes. Therefore, there is no such thing as free will. Therefore, you don't need to hold elections because we can predict who every person will select. This is <clears throat> fundamentally false. This is a complete deceit because you can never, I have made a lifetime out of being unpredictable, right? And and he would argue even my unpredictability can be predicted. <clears throat> but we all know that in the soul of a human being, in this indefinable thing that about that is unique to who you are, you might have a thousand different data points that would predict a particular course of action and you can go against it because you have free will, because God gave us free will. And the dividing line between God and the devil is precisely that. It's free will. In the satanic uh, religion, you don't have free will. That's not what the devil is offering you. It's only God that offers you free will. And most of my life, I was really angry at God. As a young girl growing up in South Africa, my heart, the burden on my heart from seeing people suffer injustice and seeing people suffer in any way was so significant that um, I have to cauterize the wound to stop the bleeding. You know, it was painful to me, even at Christmas time as a little girl, thinking about all the, the people out there who, who didn't have anything at Christmas or, you know, to see kids on the street, sleeping on the street. I couldn't ever walk past a person in need without wanting to do something. And uh, this has been, this is a defining characteristic of who I am. And so uh, why am I telling you about that? Because that stood as a wall between me and God. I was angry and I could not see how a God, why, why would I believe this God is loving? Why would I believe this God cares about all of us when he allows this kind of suffering? I did a story with a young girl, Victoria Columbia in the UK. I just came out of the Afghan war and everyone was interviewing me because I, I was one of the only journalists on the front line and, um, and my coverage from the war had been unique. And, uh, and had made a real mark. And so, and everyone wanted to know how, you know, okay, Barbie goes to war. How did this happen? Never mind, I'd been covering wars for years before then, but just no one cared. You know, no one cared. Um, sorry, no one, I had been covering wars for years before that, but nobody cared about it, right? Because I wasn't well known. And now suddenly my name was in lights and headlines and people all over the world from the US to the UK were following my reporting. So now they wanted to know, they wanted me to do all these interviews when I came home and say, yes, Afghanistan was the worst thing I've ever seen. But it wasn't because I'd covered a story of a young girl from Africa whose mother had sent her for a better life to the UK and whose, whose um, aunt and her boyfriend had kept this girl chained in a bathtub 
on a on bin bags. She had hundreds and hundreds of wounds on her body, dozens of broken bones, burn marks. They had burned her scalp. They had burned her skin. She died in the end of exposure. She she froze to death, starving, uh, hungry, and brutalized in a bathtub. How could I believe there was a God? What God would allow that to happen? Boy, I gotta tell you, that was a hard story to read the coroner's reports. Go to that place. Look into that bathtub where Victoria Columbia died. Think about those last moments, what they would have been like for that child, you know, to be crying out for love and for hope and for somebody to show her mercy. Oh, that was the hardest story I ever did. That was what I wanted to talk about in the interviews. I didn't want to talk about being some kind of, you know, heroic figure because I was on the battlefield, even though obviously you see terrible things on the battlefield, but you get to see the the worst of humanity and you see the greatest things of humanity. So those are the things that people wanted to hear. And I didn't talk about them because I was haunted. I was haunted by what happened to this beautiful little girl who didn't deserve any of it. And I was so uh, angry at God for not being there for her. And what I didn't understand is that if God intervenes in those moments and takes away our free will, principles are absolute. They're absolute. It's why, it's why, as my friend Jewel said to me once, principles are bumper stickers if you don't stand up for them. They're just bumper stickers. They're meaningless. They're nothing. And that's why you have to stand up for principles when it counts. If you don't stand up when it counts, it doesn't matter anymore. Because by the time you realize that you've sacrificed the principle, it might be too late. That's why you can't stand up for the January 6th prisoners. You, you, you can't say at the moment when it's going to cost you everything that, oh, I'm not going to stand up now because I don't want to pay everything. Those are luxuries. They're not burdens. They're luxuries. We're not going to have the opportunity. We're not going to have these the freedom to make these decisions forever. You know, you may have not known any better and gone and got the vaccine and may have technology in your body that allows them to edit your DNA. You may think that I'm completely nuts talking about that, but you may have it. There's, there's millions of people who know that that's true. You know, and so as hard as it is to deal with, wouldn't you rather know the truth so that you can try to mitigate that and take control of it so that you don't, if you haven't had a baby yet, that you don't, you don't do that to your child, that maybe it's too late for you. That's the soul speaking, right? I mean, I am, I know as a mother, I would give my life in a heartbeat for my children. My only regret would be that I couldn't give my life three times for each one of my children. I know as someone who survived being gang raped and sodomized by a mob, I would rather that happen to me than to any of my children. Are you kidding me? Someone said this can happen to your child or you can give your life. And by the way, you're going to be raped to death. Well, I was almost raped to death. I never want to go back there, but I would go back there if that was the only thing I could do to save my child. That is the heart and soul of a human being that no machine will ever ever, ever be able to replicate. It's why Yuval Noah Harari and Bill Gates and Klaus Schwab and George Soros and these people, Maria Abramovich, all these people that follow them, John Podesta, 
you know, uh, that they do the spirit cooking and all this stuff that is actually confirmed. That's not a conspiracy. Read the WikiLeaks emails where they talk about doing it at his house. These people are pure evil to me and they can never change the truth. There's only one truth. They can come after you with all their money. They can, and all their resources, they can be lionized by the New York Times. They can be given, you know, uh, everything that every worldly honor and reward that a person can ever enjoy. You can put them on TV and give them multi-million dollar salaries. And, you know, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. They cannot change what is fundamentally true. And there is only one truth. So for me, I just think that that, that thing of free will is truly the dividing line between good and evil. We know that. Nobody disputes that. But for me, I have learned and come to understand that it is the dividing line between God and Satan. And, you know, even um, people who've known me a long time, even my family, uh, have questioned, have said to me, why are you out talking about God? You know, you never used to do that. Well, I didn't do that because I didn't understand. And I, I learned. It took a lifetime. I'm 51 years old. For half a century, I have been learning and listening and trying to understand. And what I realized is that the truth was in front of me the entire time. And the very thing, that free will that allows human beings to choose whether they do something good or they do something evil, if God takes that away from you, it's no longer true. That principle that we are born with free will is no longer true. If God intervenes in any situation like that, it's it means we don't no longer have free will. It means that God overrides all of our decisions. Well, and that's it means right. it means that we're just slaves then, right? We're just subjects. We'd and be with NPCs God, in that world, non-player characters. Just to interrupt real quickly, I just want to say um, you really resonate with me in some of the things you're saying, because I want people to know that if they haven't seen any of these documentaries about the present day industrial site of Sodom, Sodom and Gomorrah, it's in Sodom, Israel on the Dead Sea shore. Go look at it. Is this not enough evidence for people to, to find all of these man-made looking structures, ashen remains, crumbling your hands in the location where we're told in the Bible as a as evidence of God's judgment, as uh, described by Josephus, historian, but then also finding circular, almost pure sulfur balls in the middle of the ash, in the middle of the walls and the shapes of the buildings. Here's the thing, Laura. I think that if the real history of humanity is a 1,000 chapter long book, you and I were born in chapter 999. They're not telling us about so much of the reality of this world, and they're hiding it all in an effort to kill God. And what we've learned is that, see, the problem with free will and people questioning God because bad things happen on this planet is most people don't know that the evil elite, their trade secret is human suffering. So the wars, the drug trade, the sex trade, human trafficking, organ trafficking, vaccines, the destruction of the family, destruction of God and country, it's all by design. And it makes us feel like, well, there must be no God. No, there's a very powerful element of this world that has a trade secret, which is human suffering. And they become yes. incredibly wealthy because of it. <clears throat> yes. And there's one layer behind that, right? Um, and one point that I have to uh, tell you, I, I was corrected on this point. I once said exactly what you said, that it's designed to kill God. And I was corrected on this by a very interesting man um, who spent 
years in after infiltrating the globalist cult, as he calls it, and years underground studying their 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 ancient texts and their traditions and all of their uh, doctrine and ideology. And he said to me, you can't kill God. And that was very interesting because you can't. And so he said, they're not trying to kill God. They're trying to hurt God. Yeah. And human suffering is another form of victory. Because God doesn't actually want human beings to suffer. He doesn't want any of us to suffer. He's not trying to. He's not indifferent to our suffering. He's not trying to make us suffer. In fact, he's, he, 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 what he wants is for us not to suffer. But we, we experience suffering sometimes, you know, with free will and with the events that happen to us. Like, you know, when I was, um, when I endured what I endured um, on the interior square in Egypt, that experience of human suffering was also enlightening in many ways. And in other ways, it opened doors for me like, to, to other uh, victims of uh, sexual violence, right? That I was able to reach and help heal sometimes. Um, and I was able to make a significant difference. I still am able to reach those people. And not only that, God gave me an opportunity that a lot of people don't get. And would I have chosen to get this opportunity that way? Never. We, we don't, we're not programmed or built to choose the things to choose human suffering over not suffering, right? So I wouldn't have chosen it. But what I realized is that in, indirectly is that in that moment that caught the attention of the nation and the attention of people across the world, when people were looking at me, I reacted instinctively um, and truly as I am. And people got to see who I am and what I was made of. And they respected it. And now when people come after me, when these very wealthy, very powerful people with all these resources at their disposal, hire people and have entire companies built, whose all their job is to go after you and destroy you and attack you. And uh, they have all this reach across the media and so on and so on. Now when they do that, you know what they can't remove? From the people who saw me in that moment, they cannot remove the truth that absolute certainty of knowing that the person you're describing is not the one that I saw. And that has, I think to a degree has, is one of the reasons that I um, am still around because I, I still have a voice, not because of a corporation, not because of, a, of a, you know, some media company, not because I have a great benefactor, not because I'm rich. I am still around because people know the truth when they hear it. And they know that people are lying. When they say she used to be crazy and now she's not, you know, she used to be really good and now she's crazy. They know that's not true. When they say that what she did at 60 Minutes, they want to erase that. And all those years of reporting is the chief foreign correspondent, chief foreign affairs correspondent at CBS News. Those years from the battlefield. They want that not to exist. It's the same with Matt Taibbi. It's the same with Glenn Greenwald. It's the same with Cheryl Atkinson. They want everyone to think that, well, when we were doing you know, the things consistent with these narratives, even though we didn't know it. When we were the darlings of the left, when we were the darlings of the New York Times and the Washington Post and, and the, you know, and I was getting Emmy after Emmy after Emmy and one award after another, including the silver, the DuPont, which is like the Pulitzer of television journalism. When I was getting all of these awards and being recognized and people writing stories about me and Glamour Woman of the Year and being in magazines and all of that, that then I was saying, 
and that now I'm, I, you know, now that I'm talking about God, I'm crazy. Well, that is just absolutely untrue. And it, it there are people that believe it, of course, because it's, it's, um, you know, they still have faith there in their institutions and in their media and so on and so on. But it doesn't stick because it's not true. And millions of people, I mean, I don't even have, I don't put anything into social uh, media, you know, in terms of resources. I have no resources. It's just me. And yet what happens? And I have a young a young kid, the son of a friend of mine, who helps me put it on a couple of other platforms when I put something out. But, you know, it's just me. And yet I have a million followers across my, my platform who know that what these people say isn't true. And one of the moments that was most revealing about me, where people got to see who I truly am, is not what happened to me in Egypt. It's how I dealt with it. It's, you know, it's how you carry yourself. And it's in those moments of adversity where people really see you for who you are. So I just want to say that you can't kill God, right? It's important to remember that. Uh, God is indestructible. And, and Satan is not more powerful than God. And every if every human being on the planet turned into a Satanist, you still couldn't kill God. But hurting humanity and hurting children is about hurting God. It's about victories over God. It's about winning battles over God. It's about inflicting pain and suffering on God. Because God does suffer when his creation suffers. 100% right. And uh, I've quoted you as you recapped that story that your friend told you about why they hate children, why they want to hurt children. It's to hurt God. It's to invoke suffering because that hurts God. And uh, I've quoted you about that. So I'm so glad we had that part of the conversation. Let me do a screen share here because these people use fear and ad hominem attacks. The mainstream media, Fox News, Sean Hannity has been exposed for really being a rabid rhino. So my question is this, as uh, Steve Bannon tweeted recently, Murdoch's paid Fox News shills continue to attack courageous patriots like Bobart, who are changing the way D.C. works. And then he linked to Janine Pirro, Judge Janine Pirro, slamming anti-McCarthy egomaniacs like Lauren Boebert. My question for you is, are you a little bit shocked like I am that so many people are this eager to just sell out to this absolute evil system? No, I'm not shocked. Um, and I shouldn't be disappointed. Uh, but in your, you know, uh, we thought at this point in the, in the battle that we would be further along, that you, there would be more people um, who see this for what it is, but, and, and who are willing to stand up. And, but, but more than that, I'm grateful. This is a great moment in our history because it's exposing people for who they are. I am a person who I like to know where I stand. I am very transparent. Um, I'm right out there, right? I'm very exposed and I, I, I'm not afraid to make myself vulnerable to, or to be vulnerable. And so people really have a good sense of who is Lara Logan, unless they're reading the propaganda and believing it. But, um, but you know, that's solid ground to me, right? When we know where we stand in our personal relationships, you know who somebody is, you know what you're dealing with. That's a much better place than to be deceived or to be um, under some kind of illusion. So if you are still under the illusion that Fox News is Tucker Carlson, it's re what's really great now is that we're seeing Fox News for what it has become, not what Roger Ailes created, right? But what Fox News has become. And I saw that in all of its, uh, I would say not glory, right? But in all of it at reality was crystallized for me in a moment. And that moment was election night 2020 when uh, the, that 
that guy that Fox had hired, that Democratic operative that Fox hired to run their election coverage, called Arizona oh. for the for Joe Biden yeah. with less than Brett Baer. I think it was less than two percent of the vote counted, but definitely less than ten percent of the vote counted, right? Um, and and so when you see that, right, there is a truth in that moment that cannot actually be denied. They lied about it. They covered it up. They kept me on their air because I continue to give them Tucker Carlson-like credibility, right? Because I'm, they know people know I'm straight talker. You're going to get it straight from me. You might not like it. Um, it might upset people on both sides, but you're going to hear it straight, right? And Tucker Carlson is just, he's such a powerful, intelligent important voice right now. I mean, he, to me, he's the single most, he's become the single most uh, powerful, influential voice in this country. And he continues to give Fox the credibility that they don't really um, represent anymore because the vast majority of people across these platforms, Judge Janine Pirro, Sean Hannity, I have nothing against them personally. I have very good relationships and always did with both of them. But but you're seeing them now for what they truly believe. And that's that's okay. But I would rather know what Fox is and not be uh, deceived by what it isn't. And then that is the same thing. You know, I saw it with Newsmax and the Ukraine coverage. I knew it anyway because Chris Reddy is a longtime Clinton donor. And so that's what I call, it's not quite an Arizona election night moment. It's an indicator, but it could mean a lot of things. And people change and you know what I mean? And so it's something to watch, but it's by no means definitive. When you take Arizona night, that's a definitive moment. You know, we had some people, I, we have constant security incursions and infiltrations and things like that, whether it's digitally in your cyber stuff. And we had a lot of people at our property supposedly helping, trying to help in the during the Afghan disaster when there were so many Afghans uh, being murdered and screaming for help. And so we had people come in here to help. And when you when you open up like that, that's an easy opportunity for people to come in and infiltrate. And, you know, there was some question mark over some of these people. And one guy who I'd known for a long time got sick and a guy he had brought with him, who was supposedly one of his closest friends. When he got sick, he let someone else take him to the hospital. Okay, if you're one of my closest friends and you get sick and you're in pain, nobody else is taking you to the hospital. If I'm right there, and my car is right there, it's not even a question. If what you say is true and you two are the closest of friends, why is he not taking you to the hospital? It's not like he's in the middle of open heart surgery mm-hmm. or, you know, a nuclear launch. He's just, he's just helping out, right? And so that's a defining moment when the truth is revealed to you and you know that you've been lied to. It doesn't answer every question. But it really, really exposes um, something that cannot ever be altered and will never be changed. So we know now where Sean Hannity truly resides. And that's a great thing. We know now where Judge Jeanine Pirro really resides. And so now that deception doesn't work anymore. And while this may be uh, a little bit depressing for people sometimes, it's what I always remember my friend Dave Eubank saying. Dave Eubank is a Green Beret, founded the Free Burma Rangers, has built maternity hospitals in the middle of the forests of Burma, has uh, stood by, I mean, he is one of the most extraordinary people I have ever known in my entire life. And Dave, when he was helping the people in Burma, the Karen people in the forest against the military junta, 
who were truly evil. Um, his own government, he was betrayed by his government that he served as a Green Beret many years ago. And he was devastated. And one of the French doctors that he was working with in the Free Burma Rangers said to him, Dave, what is, what's troubling you? And, um, and he said, you know, he woke up a long time ago because he was betrayed. And he said, I feel, I feel betrayed. And the doctor looked at him and said, it's good that you're disillusioned. And he said, why? And the doctor said, because it means what you believed was an illusion. And so we believe for a long time that Fox News can continue beyond Roger Ailes and be what it was that he created. But that's an illusion. And, and, and believe me, I want people to understand, I am not saying this because Fox News, you know, took me off the air. I loved my time at Fox News. I really enjoyed um, being on air there, getting to know so many of the anchors and producers, getting to know the shows. Um, it was a great I was not paid for any of that on Fox News. I was paid to do my show on Fox Nation. And in fact, in the for the first season, I was paid what I was paid as a as a correspondent for my first job at CBS, right? I wasn't even paid a whole lot of money. But I didn't do it for the money. I did it for the principles and for the reporting. And I was given a great opportunity and a great platform. And uh, I have a lot of respect and a lot of affection for the people working there. And um, I feel the same way in many respects, about uh, CBS and 60 Minutes. And of course, there are people there that I don't respect at all. And um, and I don't respect what they're doing now at all. However, um, you, you know, that doesn't mean it defines everything. There's still, I, I, I'm not incapable of recognizing the great parts and I'm not a small person. And I want them. This is what people don't understand. I want people to succeed. I want as many great journalists out there as we can possibly have, because there's only one truth and the truth can be very difficult to figure out the whole truth. And we need as many, you know, uh, strong in journalists with integrity out there producing great journalism as we possibly can. If I can help anyone become successful, I will do it. If you want my contacts, if you want anything that I can do for you, I will do. And I work with, a, you know, I do talk to a lot um, of journalists, uh, some of them independent, some not, some of them are in the mainstream media. Um, and I help in any way that I can, because we are in a battle here to stand for people to know the whole truth. And uh, the resources that are marshaled against us are vast. And this is big, right? This affects the whole world in one time. And we've never been in this place. I mean, people think, well, there have been wars before to control the world. So why, why would we think it's crazy to say that this is a, a war to control the world? But we've never been in a point where they're as close as they are right now to controlling it all. And that's the part that's unprecedented. And we've also never been in a point where so many people don't know that they're in that war. During the Second World War and the First World War, people knew they were at war, right? right, right. I mean, eventually, eventually every country that, you know, most of the countries of the world were engaged and it was recognized and not in dispute that this was a world war. But we're in a world war right now that is in dispute because people are operating under, well, as one pastor said to me, they're under a spirit of deception. So, that makes will make sense to some people and won't make sense to others. But um but we but no doubt people are deceived. If you're still putting if you're still signing up your kids to get the COVID shot, you are deceived. Yeah, and okay. if you still think that that shot is good for you, you are deceived. And if you don't want to face the fact that you may have something in your body that is harming you, 
you are deceived. There's no other way around it. If you don't want to know about the vaccine injured and the vaccine dead, you are deceived, you know, and unfortunately, in human nature, we do lie to ourselves, right? It takes moral courage to begins with this, with being honest with yourself. And when we make mistakes, especially ones that can hurt us or hurt people we love, it takes a lot to face that. I mean, sometimes it takes time to face it. And so I understand it, but they're exploiting a naturally existing human condition. And that is part of information warfare and it's part of fifth generation warfare. And that's really where we are right now in fifth generation warfare. And if you don't know what that is, it's a war of narratives. It's a war where information warfare is dominant. And Michael Flynn and Sergeant Boone Cutler, former General Michael Flynn, um, have written a book called The Citizen's Guide to Fifth Generation Warfare. If you want to know more about it, I would urge everyone to read that book because it makes sense of the madness. It helps you understand that this isn't a Democrat, Republican, left, right thing. It is, uh, it is truly a war against humanity. And here's how, you know, here's how you take control over your part in that war. I think a lot of people are feeling like they don't have any control and that can be a very difficult place. Um, so it begins locally, begins with taking control over your life, your family, your town, your local environment. And Fifth Generation Warfare, that book lays out uh, so many things that will help you connect the dots and begin to take control over your part in that. Can I ask you something? How are you doing on time here? We've gone about an hour. Do you have time to just do a cursory once over on a couple more topics? Yes, sure, because I talk long on those things and you indulged me. So absolutely. No, you're wonderful. And my audience just adores you. So uh, I want to share a personal anecdote first, though. You talked about renting. We'll own nothing and be happy. Here's a great example. Have you seen Yellowstone starring Kevin Costner? Of course. I never miss it. All right. Well, I loved it, too. So I finally convinced my wife to watch 1883 with me, the prequel to Yellowstone. And we had to get Paramount Plus to do that. So don't you love that? They sell you on a new network, Paramount. You fall in love with a show called Yellowstone, but if you want to watch any of the other related shows, you got to pay for Paramount Plus. So $4.99 with ads or $9.99 without ads. And I figured $4.99, you know what? All these streaming services, by the way, now you got Hulu, you got Amazon Prime, you got Apple yep. Plus, Apple TV. I mean, it just never ends, right? So Paramount never Plus, ends. we get this thing, $4.99 with ads. And so we're forced to watch, you know, and I think episode one, it was like a handful of ads and only two ads maybe per break. Now it's 10 ads per break. It's a nightmare. And one of the ads they force fed us last night was this 60 minutes promo. And one of the clips featured in it. And I said to my wife, this is how blatantly dishonest these people are. It was that Leslie Stahl moment where Trump walked out because her questions were so fallow and empty and just ridiculous and insulting that the man got up and left and they included that in this promo showing how wonderful and great 60 minutes is. And they cut to that clip where he's walking out and she says, but sir, I have more questions. And I said to my wife, what absolute gaslighting. (laughs) I just want your reaction on that because I found it appalling. Friends, I'm sorry to disappoint But that is the end of part one of this gripping two-part interview, my in-depth conversation with Laura Logan. And in part two, we get into the mRNA experimental nano jab, Brunson v. Adams, and billions and billions and billions of dollars for Ukraine. Thanks so much for tuning in, friends. May God bless you and yours. And I'll remind you every single day for free, visit us directly at sgtreport.com. That's the antidote to corporate propaganda. 
in Mockingbird Mainstream Media Lies. God bless you and yours. Bye-bye. I think they put Oxford or uh, the area around Oxford into six districts. And again, that reminds me straight out of Hunger Games. Uh, and they're just essentially saying you can only travel 100 days per year and you, you've got to stick to these districts. <laughs>